bootstrapped web. Jordan, 2024 is now rolling along. How are we doing, buddy? We are good. We closed a nice big two-year deal yesterday. Oh, two years. Yes, two years. 24-month deal. Uh, a little under six figures. But damn, you know, I really wanted to get out of the gate the right way in January. So, yeah. so we, we're celebrating here. Uh, we're psyched 12 days between first contact and closed deal. That's like, oh, wow. That's, that's the dream. Yeah. I think it's our, our, our fastest ever. Nice. And it was nice. like cold email outreach into a demo into, you know, pricing conversation and then sign deal. I, and I can talk about some pitfalls that we're <laughs> going to deal with, uh, because of the speed of that process, but hell yeah, it feels great. That's awesome. I'm, um, I'm two days away from heading up to Montreal for big for the first of two big snow tiny comps tiny comps for me. Um, Going to do some snowboarding. Some hanging out with some founder friends. Uh, should be a should be a really good time. I'm pretty psyched. Yeah, that um, sounds that sounds nice. Uh, speaking and, of skiing, I really enjoyed uh, Ian and Aaron <laughs> their podcast. I got to hear this. Cracked me up. I got I got to hear this one. It's funny. Two days ago, I took my younger daughter on a on, on a quick ski trip up to Massachusetts, and uh, it snowed a bit, but it was so cold that it turned everything to ice. And oh yeah, we we had a good time together, like you know, doing the doing the, the trip. But yeah, she did not have a great time on that on that mountain. Yeah, and, and I didn't have a great time putting those boots on and and all that mm -hmm. all all the schlep. Yes, I'm Aaron. I'm with you. Too much schlepping. I think the way Aaron put it was if he could be just gently dropped at the top of the mountain and able to ski down, then he would like skiing, which is how I feel. It's all the stuff getting up there and yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. Well, that's what that's why I got like the adult trips that we do, like the big snows. You know, we've, we've got these like super nice condos, ski on, ski off, private chef. Uh, you know, okay. now, walk out the back door, you're going down the mountain. It's, it's pretty great. Talking. So um, uh, unfortunately, money makes even skiing better. So it goes. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, let's let's get into it. You know. Speaking of money. You know, I, I'm I'm struggling with the with the time with with the, with the pie chart that is my week that okay. is my time, and uh, I feel like I see some paths, and I'm working, and and I have some things that I'm putting in place to deal with this problem, but. Um, it is definitely a problem. I'm not finishing the work that I intend to finish every week. And yeah, it mm. doesn't feel great. Uh, is it, is it actually not great or does it just feel not great? Like you, if you're falling behind, are you able to at least I mean, Clarity Flow like, is yeah. running with the team. Like the team executes the things that we're executing. So that's, right. there's nothing really falling behind. Well, I, I am. I mentioned last week that I'm hiring a customer success person at Clarity Flow, and um, uh, I feel like I got really lucky. Somebody that I worked with for a long time awesome. in a previous business uh, reached out after my tweet, and uh, and she's going to be coming on board in February to be the first customer success person. So that that's one thing, and I I, I want to talk more about investing in customer success as a strategy for Clarity Flow. That's a big strategic thing we can get into. But the in terms of the time. Uh, form the time equation here. That's one area that I feel like does take a bunch of my time that I would love to, that I, then I'm excited to get off my plate. The, the customer support, it's like writing emails, but it's also like sending a lot of video messages to customers. Um, and 
frankly, a lot of customers need to have a call and I don't want to do all these extra calls. Okay. Um, even though I still do them. And then that's just really disruptive to, to my week. So it'll be really nice to, it'll take a while to kind of ramp her up into that role, but that's part of the equation with bringing her on. There's, there's more to it than that though. It is, it is amazing. I, I often discount how disruptive a 30 minute call can actually be. Oh, it's way more than 30, 30 minutes. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. tough. The last two weeks I have had fewer calls and larger stretches in my calendar without a call. And it not only there's, there's like a, there's a practical element in terms of like the, the work you can do in that time. And also when I wake up, so the way, the way I operate is the night before when I'm going to bed, I open my phone and I open the alarm window and the calendar window. And I then set alarms ahead of my meetings for the next day. So I set an alarm to wake up. Either it's 5.30 for a workout day. I noticed you're a big alarm guy. Yeah, <laughs> Every I, time I, we're totally like, on a call or hanging out, like you've got alarms <laughs> going on every 30 minutes. <laughs> that, that, that sucks. Um, first of all, whoever at Apple redesigned that window, what are you doing? It was perfect the way it was. And I'm anti-alarm, I, oh. I got to say. I, I don't – I, I naturally wake up early and if I – stay up late, then I'm just going to sleep late. Like that's, I, I don't care. I don't want to wake up to an alarm. <laughs> okay. Good for you. I just go to sleep late and then I need an alarm no matter what. Also a five thirty wake up for a workout. I don't know about you. I need an alarm for that. Uh, the other alarm, my kids will wake me up. That, that's fine. But then I will go through my day and I'll set an alarm either five or 15 minutes before each call so that I don't, I don't miss the call. I don't, I don't want to rely on the notification from the app in on, on my computer. I want, I might be eating lunch or whatever it is. So the, the days that I just have fewer things, I'm more motivated to get work done. And the days that are full of calls, I'm like, I'm just not going to get work done today. I'm just going to do a good job on my calls. Yeah. I, I like yeah. give up, but I'm like, oh, I'll check some email and blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'll knock out this one or two tasks, but I, I, it's tough to get work done. I definitely have way less calls than, than you, um, sure. you know, like at the most two in one day, like yeah, at, the, at, the, at the most. And, and so on those days, like, I know like, oh, this is an afternoon where I have a call versus don't have a call. <laughs> and so, and so then <laughs> it is a call day <laughs> literally. Cause I like half of my days are, are absolutely no calls and that's, that's the dream. And then, um, uh, you know, and then, and then it's like, I know that I have one call at three, so I, I'm basically th structuring my whole day around that. Like when, when am I getting my workout in? When am I doing this project? I got to do it before that because I've got this thing at three and then, you know, um, <laughs> that's yeah. funny. Uh, I'm like, it's Friday and it is two o'clock and I'm happy. I don't have any calls later today. <laughs> yeah, no, this is definitely my, my last call for the day. Yeah, I saw you send out a tweet with like a screenshot of someone's calendar. And you're like, if it ever looks like that was the scale. new notion calendar. I, I was in notion just normal day to day in and they're promoting their new calendar product. Okay. And, and that was a screenshot of the thing that, that they're, that's in their own product marketing. And I'm like, why is this a benefit? This looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe they're not talking to you or they want to yeah, go I don't know. They're, I mean, they're, looks, they're talking, looks, I guess, to like the salesperson or the project manager or something, but, um, yeah. yeah. Or it uh, looks better with more events on it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, notion notion's still at it. I, I like, I don't use that product anymore, but I, I, I like their vibe. I, I have, you know, there's some things I don't love about it, but I have moved all my stuff into, or at least the, the team project management stuff is all in there for sure. Cool.
cool, cool. Um, uh, it makes me think of the other stuff that we've seen on Twitter the last few days is the the base camp launching the first once product for 299 bucks. What I yeah, found the chat, yeah. they've had that product for 10 years. Right. What's yeah. it called? Campfire. Campfire. Yes. Yep. I've used yeah. that in the past. It was super, super selling the byproducts. Oh, I love it. Yep. I, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> if my company was kicking off like $20 million a year in profits, you know what? I was going to say, maybe I, I wouldn't be launching stuff, but maybe I would just be doing whatever the hell I want. And that, turns out to be what they want to do. I think that's <laughs> se- that seems to me like what they're what they're doing and they're just like let's just do some stuff that we want to do. It doesn't seem like I was surprised that it's like 2 2.99 I think is the price point. That mm-hmm. seems pretty low for I don't know. Like like why and and why is that why would that make a meaningful business for them? I don't I don't understand that math, but it, but again it's maybe it's like I don't know, maybe it's sort of just for fun. I think it's a bit ideological, I, which I like. Yeah. If you're trying to screw up the system a little bit, you know, and just roll a grenade out into the SAS living room and just see what happens and see what it, see what that does. Yeah. Uh, I, li- I like that. I, I like that. Yep. Yeah, man. Cool. Um, yeah. What, what do you got? Okay. We talked last week about this new product line. Uh, we've got a name for it. It's called Rally Offers. Uh, I might have said that last week, but I'm not sure. But now it's kind of in stone. And we are, we're doing this a little like dirty, the, the, the right way, I think. We are working on a new website. And instead of waiting to launch that, we're just building the solutions page for Rally Offers. And then we're just going to publish that next week. And it will not look like the rest of the site. And who cares? the way to do it. I love yes. It. And we're just going to be able to share it with people and then turn basically the elements of that page into a PDF so we can send it out to people. And our team put together a few assets, like here's what it looks like on a Magento store. Here's what it looks like on a Salesforce store, commerce tool. Right. So we're basically just arming the sales and marketing side uh, with stuff to talk about. Because if you send someone an email or ping someone on LinkedIn, with two sentences, it doesn't work nearly as well as two sentences plus a screenshot. Yeah. Yep. So so we want to give them that. So that will get published, I think, Tuesday of next week. And what we are lining up is just a, a lot of things all at the same time because my goal on this is to learn as much as possible, as quickly as possible. So we have landing page launching, then all those assets being used by people in one-on-one conversations along with some one-to-many type social posts. But then we're also launching, we launched today, LinkedIn ads. Mm. So this will be the first time we spend a few thousand bucks a month, uh, at least the first time in a long time, where we will be uh, running ads and those ads are a little bit more provocative than what what they were in the past. I'm, I'm laughing because I pushed the agency. I feel like ads need to be provocative. They need to. Be. I, I, I agree. Ads are so much more expensive, and people tune them out now. So they got to yeah. be different, right? Like introducing this cool-looking thing is maybe it works if you have brand recognition and you're just getting in front of people. But if you actually want to get someone to stop scrolling and be like, "What?" Yeah. So I pushed the marketing agency. They came back first with like a vanilla set of ads. Mm-hmm. You know, rally offers. Now you can do X, Y, Z. And I was like, no, no, no. I want, I want emotional response. Yep. I, I have to give them credit. 
they found the line and then they went past it <laughs> and they came back to me. They, they tipped their, their toe dude, past it to see. Dude, I, I think their copy was um, something rally checkout. The only time she'll brag about you finishing fast. <laughs> I'm like, all right, guys, I think, I think that's too far. You know, I don't, I think, I don't think checkout with like finishing might, might be a little, you know, uh. not right. <laughs> so, but I was proud of them. I was like, you, you know, you, you, you listen. But it's to worth me. an A-B test. Yes. <laughs> so we, we, we dialed it back with the touch. And, and now it's basically like your checkout sucks. Learn more about rally. <laughs> it's basically what it says in so mm-hmm. many words. Mm-hmm. And, and right. then what we're doing on the underside, I guess, uh, the, the, so that's the ads that's like external, right? That lives in LinkedIn. And then once someone clicks and goes there, we have, we have three things in place that we just put in place. We have a product called Sixth Sense. So we looked at Clearbit. We looked at a bunch of other options that detect IP addresses and then give our sales team notifications on who's visiting the site. And we ended up going with Sixth Sense over Clearbit and others because it just had the stuff that we were looking for, including like intent markers. So when we launch a pricing page, like how long are they on the site? Basically send me an email with anyone who's been on the site for X amount of time or has visited the pricing page more than once or whatever those intent things are that can be useful for us. So that, so someone clicks a a LinkedIn ad, they come to your site and that, that tracks like it, it like identify it gives you like identifying information of like the or- organization of where they're from or it's who they are. Like- yes, it's like this IP address belongs to Toys R Us, so it gives you who they are and then some contact info. Uh, it doesn't give you that much info on the individual visitor. Yeah, uh, that's what retention.com does. They're gonna get sued <laughs> and yeah. into oblivion. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then we we are layering in Gong on top of HubSpot. And that is just giving us a, a better way to manage our HubSpot pipeline. And yeah. then and then very simple tech, we are adding a chat to the page. So if we're gonna spend a few thousand bucks a month to get people there, we should be talking to people, whoever like goes through that chat. It pains me to think about how many, I, I spent so many hours in, I guess this was t- 2021, 2022 on wiring up tracking on it was zip message then on you know mapping first visitor where they came from getting that data into mix panel and chart mogul and stripe and analytics and just mapping that funnel and, and make and I, I i really stressed out about it over the time at that time because then and continuing all these years has been like i've been like running these experiments and trying to analyze customer segments and all this stuff. And I stressed out over like having all this period of time where, where we're running blind without that kind of data, but it okay. just, it, the, it's such a pain to wire that stuff up. And it, it like, it, it's so not plug and play. It's, you got to get deep into your own code base, set cookies. You got to track this and that create, not, build out custom dashboards. It's yeah, such a mess. It, it's a mess. It's, it's not, it's not the way it should be. Um, and, Maybe someone on Twitter tagged us and asked, like, hey, how are you tracking your marketing? And everyone's like, tracking what? Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't. You can yeah. track some marketing, but not not the way you want. Um, we are using Framer for this new site, and that thing's amazing. Hmm. 
we we've been on Webflow and we're moving off of Webflow to Framer. I, I, this is like the 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 new hotness that I'm starting yeah. to hear the name Framer more and more. And I, I haven't like checked it out myself, but I but I'm clearly seeing that name come up a lot more. Yeah, I am. You know, not the one designing or building, but we've worked with these designers for years and and love them and trust them. And when I came to them and said, "Hey, we want to do this site with you. We were going to hire an agency and all that stuff," we ended up just doing it well, with, with these guys that we've been working with for years uh, that do our product design. And he was like, can we please use Framer instead of Webflow? So mm -hmm. when I asked why, he said it basically allows us to design directly into the browser, into the tool. And there just isn't that much separation between going into Figma and then trying to get what you have in Figma into Webflow is a very difficult process. Yeah. And it appears that they're able to do it much more easily. That's basically, that's my same. Again, I don't know Framer much, but I, I chose Statomic. And, and I, I used Statomic on the Clarity Flow marketing site. And now I just used it again on the new fullstackfounder.co site that I launched last week. Um, so Statomic now for me is, is like my go-to CMS. And it's for that same reason. It's like, to me, it gives me, it's, it, it's the closest thing to a pure static site where I can get my hands dirty as much as I want with designing Tailwind CSS, like, you know, organizing the, the templates and the markup exactly how I want it. And then, um, and it gives me a really like a, a really solid user interface CMS that I can give to my assistant, my writer, my VA, whoever needs to log in and manage content. It's, it's, it's a, it's, you know, cause most static sites don't have a solid actual CMS. You got to actually use code and, and Statomic is like the best of both worlds. Huh. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm hoping so far so good. We're about yeah. to launch with one page and they're excited about it. And the speed is there in terms of like how quickly they're working. So sweet. Yeah. Love it. Um, I'm going to talk about something that I have not talked about in many years at this point. Okay. Okay. And, and that is consulting. Okay. <laughs> I, I have started to do a bit of product strategy consulting with some SaaS companies for the first time in like, I, I literally don't remember how many years it's been since I worked with a paying client that was not like one of my customers of a product. And, okay. and, I, and I'm excluding like audience ops clients because those are like customers of that service that wasn't like me personally consulting with my time, right? Right, and your um, expertise and like your yeah. So okay. how, how is it? It's interesting, you know? Um, I'm not trying to build a big consultancy here. This is really just like a step one in getting some early revenue for my new full stack founder brand. But the quickest way to revenue is to offer my time while I start to build up the audience with the YouTube channel and stuff like that. And I'll get into more products later in the year. But for right now, I'm, I have like a services page on full stack founder. And, um, it's been interesting to sort of iterate a little bit on how I'm offering these, these services. So I started actually back in November, December, I first launched it as, as like a coaching service where I, I actually took on a few coaching clients, um, uh, it was sort of like an ongoing monthly subscription where where they get async access to me, and I'm using Clarity Flow to to do it. Um, but I actually didn't didn't love that model for me. Um, 
I had a few, like the the clients themselves were were cool, but like I just didn't love the idea of like constantly getting questions sent to me, and I and I have and I'm like sort of obligated to respond within a day or two. Okay. Um, on like an ongoing basis, so I I I tabled that version of the offer, and then I and now I'm offering. Well, there's that where you can just purchase like a one-time Q&A with me, like ask one question and we'll go back and forth for, for one week. But what's interesting now is I'm working with SaaS companies in what I'm calling like a planning sprint, right? And I only book one of these a month. Uh, I've, I'm working on with, with one SaaS company now. I've got another one booked for February and then March is open. Uh, but the the idea is like I work with you, the founder, or you and your product team and if you're planning a big new feature or if you're planning like a new product, like an MVP, but in, mm -hmm. in these cases, these are like established SaaS companies that are planning like a big extension of their product or a big new feature. Uh, we'll spend two weeks and I'll work with you on scoping it out, shaping it up, um, technical architecture, technical decision-making, sketching out some some UI workflows, uh, some, some wireframes, uh, um, debating with you in a constructive way between like, all right, we can try this approach or we can implement it that way, or maybe we'll use this off the shelf solution or we'll build a custom or we'll do this. Um, and then as we wrap up this two week sprint, we get, you know, you end up at a point where, okay, we have the roadmap, we have the issues all technically scoped out and spec'd out, like ready to hand off to, to our developers and they can run with it. Um, and, and it's like a time boxed, like, to, in, in one case, it's a two-week sprint, and in another one, we're doing a three-week sprint. Um, and it's it's interesting to I, I like this version of it. it it's still time-consuming because I'm I'm really like this week, like two of my mornings this week, I I basically went deep on on this other SaaS businesses endeavor here that they're building out, and I spent a lot of time like researching and writing docs and Notion and, and planning it out. But it's interesting, like I've never really offered my consulting service in this way. Um, like my role is just to be like, look, if if this were my company and my product, here's how I would be thinking about these uh, yeah. product decisions. And I'm curious what like, what's the core value? Is it advice? Is it like comfort that they're on the right track? Is it a combination of like design and like watch out for these things that might pop up like you know I what think I think that these particular SaaS companies like while they're very successful on their own like they're well established they've got a great customer base I think that they identified that like all right we know that we need to build this big new thing like this big feature it's it's important for our product for our customers for our market position um, but I think that they identified that like even though they have developers on the team, um, they're they're missing some aspects of the product stack. And and I think what they see in me is someone who brings some design user interface, user experience chops, um, some product product strategy, meaning like choosing the the best like like scoping down like like paring down the scope so that we can ship this efficiently and and fast without shipping something that's garbage but actually solving the real underlying customer problem um you know that kind of thought process is it, like in in some teams like that's that's huh. sort of a hole 
for them, yeah, even like, though they have people who actually like work in code and they've got some designers They're, you know, but like they're, I think that they see in me that like, I am a fellow founder and I've worked on my own products for years and I've made these kinds of product strategy decisions. I know what goes into them and I know the priorities in terms of like, we need to ship, we need to solve customers' problems. So I try to bring clarity to that. And, and it's, it's just been interesting for me because it's like, this is sort of the first time where I'm consulting in, in a type of role where it's like, look, I'm just going to sort of like tell, tell you how it is. What, what, like, whether it's news that you want to hear or not, like, this is how I would be thinking about this. Right. You You're know? bringing an outside perspective. For I'm, outside I'm here to bring in the outsider's perspective, <laughs> yes. you know? Um, whereas like in pre like years ago when I was doing consulting or like, you know, web design, freelance web design services, mm -hmm. essentially, or, or working for web design agencies, the game is you just kind of make the client happy. You, you, you deliver what they want, you know, you, yeah. you make your recommendations, but at the end of the day, you're going to ship what they want. And, and in this, this is true, truly consulting where it's like, I'm going to give you like my, my best creative analytical thinking on this and put it together for you. And, and, and I, and, and it's, it's also been interesting for me to, to deliver these things to them. Like I usually do, delivered in the form of a clarity flow message or, or we're on a call or something. And I'm like, here's my thinking on this, but like, please poke holes in this and tell me where you disagree so that, so that I can then think through that as the next step. Right. Mm -hmm. Like how, you know, I, I think it's constructive. It, it's just been interesting and uh, kind of a fun, interesting exercise. It, it's probably not something that I want to do for years and years, but, but for this year, I'm, I'm actually kind of into it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I sometimes I feel uh, I feel like we we all get stuck in individual businesses for for a long time. You know, you know, you know what, what I'm, I mean? you know what I think. I, I think you're right. I think that's sort of what what has me a little bit excited about this. It's like when I go to Big Snow, or when I'm in my mastermind group. I had a call this morning with them. It's fun to dig into other people's businesses, mm -hmm. you know, and it's refreshing. It's it's like, it's a break from dealing with my own crap, you know. Yeah, and also um, allows you to use your expertise and experience in more than one context. I that context is one of the things that drives me nuts about experience, expertise, product, business model. If you just applied it into a slightly different context, it can be worth so much more. I yeah. think about that in, in the, uh, like in private equity, that's what I think about. And, and what I mean by private equity is I remember, uh, oh, it's a long time ago, 15 years ago, I was in Connecticut in Westport and I had a friend come over and his sister lived in town. So we go over to her house and I'm like, damn, this shit is, <laughs> it was Gorgeous. It wasn't even like a mansion, like a big house. It was just so well done. Yeah. Just a beautiful. Westport's beautiful. a nice area down there. Yes. You know, it was one of those houses. It was really <clears throat> modern, gorgeous house. So my, you know, capitalist juices are like, what is going on? <laughs> How did you do this? So we meet her husband and we get into a conversation. And it was one of the first times I saw private equity in a different context. So this guy, like, I don't know, he made a few bucks, like just doing normal work, like, you know, being finance, something. And then he, he bought a cybersecurity company 
and just changed, you know, went in there and, and fixed it, basically improved it. Yeah. And, and using the expertise that he had from finance, working with these like more established, more buttoned up, more professional companies, he just bought a company for a few million bucks and applied his expertise on how to actually run this type of a company, who to hire, what type of people to bring in. Yeah, and probably add a ton of value model. to, uh, to, yes. to sell it. You know? Right. It was just on, in one context, he was making a salary. And maybe he was making a lot of money. He was making half a million bucks a year. You know, good for him. But he just moved that same thing into a different context where he owned the equity of the company and he made millions from it. And that type of thing always kind of drives me nuts. Yep. I'm like, I've been in business in one form or another and understood the entrepreneurial world for like 30 years, like since I was a teenager. And if that expertise could be applied in different contexts, I, I, I think about it all the time because of the card hook versus rally context. I'm like, totally, you know, these different, different contexts make a big difference. Yeah. And, and kind of along those same lines this year in 2024, I've talked, I've been talking about this for the last several months here is that, you know, I'm, what? Hey, there's one of your alarms. Dude, that was a phone call. It wasn't an alarm. It was spam. I'm okay. sorry. I'm Damn it. Damn it. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, like I am finding some, I think some, some new like mental peace by, by thinking differently about success as, as an entrepreneur, as, okay. as a business owner, you know, like I'm redefining it now. Hmm. I've, I've gone through many years and multiple businesses aiming for one version of success in, as a software entrepreneur. Right. And in 2024 and going forward, I'm of the mindset of like, there are other ways to be successful in this industry and they don't have to be making one SaaS product work. That's okay. that, for, for me, that's my bottom line at this point, you know? Okay. And, and so, and so that's why this year is I'm cobbling together. I, I, I do have one SaaS product. I'm doing a, a bit of this product consulting and I'm starting, I'm doing the, the audience thing with, with the YouTube channel. And later in the year, I'll probably do some courses or, or community or something else that, that I can leverage off of that. I'm still working in products. I'm still working in software. And in fact, I'm going even deeper into it because I'm teaching it now. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm consulting on it now. And to me, that's act, in, in some ways it's even more enjoyable. Um, while I'm, while I'm still, I'm, I'm basically acting as an investor at this point in clarity flow. It's, it's one thing in my portfolio. Yep. Um, and I can learn and build and cobble together revenue streams from different places going forward. That's, that's okay. the plan. You know? I think that it's not, uh... it's not easy. It's, I, I wish I, I had a lot more success by this point in my, in my age and career, but, um, but I, I think, I think there's still a lot of good stuff to come. At, at, at least that's my mindset. Yeah. I, I, that's the, I that's the rosy you. side of the mindset. No, look, it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty sober. You know, I, one thing that we all fall victim to is, is projecting onto versions of success that we see, that we literally come across. And it's such a limited worldview and it's often, often incorrect. So, I don't see across the street from me is a family friend. Her father crushed it in real estate. He's not on Twitter. He's not writing blog yeah. posts. Yeah, yeah. You don't see it. And because of that, it's not as present in your mindset of your version of success or what's possible or what you should be doing. 
And what we all see, like on Twitter and among peers and all that, it's such a tiny, tiny, tiny worldview. And often the things that we're seeing are either untrue or incomplete or incorrect or whatever assumptions. And avoiding that as your North Star and what success should be to you is so hard. It's so, it's really, you have to like, Trick yourself. You have to like. It took me. I'm. I'm st- I still deal with it, of course. But no. it, it. It took me a long time to get my mental headspace to this point, and a lot of hard work, I think, because I, you know, it's not just oh that person on Twitter from afar or that that internet celebrity on stage. It's people that I'm close friends with, that I go mm-hmm. snowboarding with, that I that that we that you know that I know that like we see people. Like I see again and again the, the, the model or the pathway of this person started a SaaS business and it grew, it, it nailed product market fit and mm-hmm. insanely profitable or they sold it for an insane amount. And, and, and I've seen that again and again and again with people that I, and, and I've seen the behind the scenes story of that again and again. Like, um, Oof, you again, know, so, again, so huh? it's, it's, it's hard to look at that and say like, I, I've been at this game for for over a decade. How come I haven't had the same outcome? Um, but it's just like, yeah. I, I, of course, there are things that I can point back to and think like, well, maybe this or that decision could have been done different differently. Maybe that didn't serve me well. But at the end of the day, like this is where we're at, and and I think that there are still ways to stay positive and actually have a, a great time building a business that doesn't have to look like that version of success there there so there really are so many different ways to to win um it Absolutely. doesn't it doesn't have to be a single SaaS product you know yeah uh, i i agree 100 percent. i even i even challenge you on seeing it again and again because i don't think i could name 10 people that i actually know as opposed to like you know heard about on twitter type of thing or like you know read an article about some founder that sold their company for 500 million bucks, good, good for them. But the people that I actually know and interact with, I don't know if I could name you 10 people that have had a straightforward successful outcome. Oh, 100%, yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's a handful, almost everyone else. But even them, e- even the most successful ones, you, especially if you know them behind the scenes, you know like they are not always happy and the path is not always uh, rosy or easy, or e- even if the numbers are large. Um, and in many cases, that that brings all sorts of challenges that most people don't see. Sure, and 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 pre-outcome is full of bullshit. It is, you know, this was one of my biggest problems with the Shopify ecosystem, and and part of why I'm so happy that I'm not there anymore. And I just look at it from the outside, being like, oh my god, no thanks. It was so full of this hype of everything's going amazing and everything's going well. And then when you actually know about it, you're like, you have from the outside an amazing business. And then it is so rare when the actual outcome arrives and the people that worked on it for five, six, eight years actually get an awesome financial reward. It is rare. I'm, I'm in touch with a guy now my man grinded for five years, just layoffs, then cobbling together a few more bucks, then layoffs, then trying, then repivoting, then trying something else. And over the last two years, this thing hit, hell yes. And he's like, 
I hope we can sell it over the next two years so that it works out. And he is, he's adding like 100K in MRR every month for the past like two years straight. You know, yeah. just spectacular success. Yep. And it still doesn't, so like that shit means nothing. The only thing that means is like what's in front of your desk and what your priorities are. Yeah, and there's, and there's always like weighing like how, how many years am I willing to spend on this one idea, you know, before, before it's like, okay, that might have an outcome, but there are other, there are other things that, that I could be spending my time on, you know? Yes. Um, yes. Speaking of time, you know, getting back to, down to like the ground level. So this new business uh, that I'm doing called Full Stack Founder, uh, it's the the business model or the strategy is very much built around YouTube as like the tip of the spear, the top of the funnel. And I, in my mind, this is how bad I am at like estimating how much time and effort it is to get, to get something off the ground. But uh, my, my thought is like, I'm going to bootstrap and do everything myself on YouTube uh, from scripting to recording to the editing, designing the thumbnail, put, putting out YouTube videos. I want to do a, a new one every single week. And I got up to my third video and I'm like, I absolutely need to outsource the video editing <laughs> a lot okay. a lot sooner than I, than I thought I would because that is such a problem. bottleneck. I mean, I, I've recorded five videos and I've only published two of them because the, the editing is such a bottleneck, you know, and, and I've even and I've got I've gone down the rabbit hole learning like DaVinci Resolve and, and it's fun okay. and creative to get in, into that. And I've gotten pretty fast keyboard shortcuts and all, all these different stuff, even with that, like. Video editing is is such a different beast, especially for YouTube, than like than like just podcast editing. Like this podcast, we're gonna finish and I'm gonna publish it in like ten minutes. Like I, right, it, right. we we basically do no editing. Right, we're at the we're at the that end of the spectrum. Yeah, but but most podcast, like not most podcasts, but like the tooling for podcast editing now is so good that you could get away with a lot of like minimal like automated okay. stuff. And you video, do come across greatly produced broadcasts and there is a difference. Sure. They're, they're yeah. But with video, like no, no matter how great the tools are, you still got to have the cuts be right, have the lighting and the color and the, and the titles and the transitions and, mm -hmm. and the mastering and all, all this different stuff. So it's, it's like a, an eight minute video is like four, five, six hours of work, you know? Oh um, and so, and not to mention the, the research and the prep and the scripting and all that and the recording. Um, so I, you know, I had this like bootstrappers mentality where it's like, Oh, this is a new business. I, I can't invest in hiring someone until I've got revenue coming in. But I qu very, very quickly came to that conclusion where it's like, can't do it. it. If I want this business to work and if that requires publishing YouTubes on a regular basis, and that is the, distribution strategy, then I have to hire this out. It, okay. it, that's the only way I'm, I'm actually able to execute that strategy and it's worth uh, the investment. So I'm going to be doing that. I, I'm, I'm just going to continue working with the same um, assistant who's been working with me on, on, on clarity flow. She's coming over to my personal stuff and, uh, and yeah, she's been doing podcast and video editing and I've got my templates and workflow that I can give to her, but it's, it's it's definitely worth like X dollars for like to cover her cost for the year in in terms of like investing that into growing my audience this way and uh, and if that allows me to publish on a regular schedule that's going to be the plan so mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Okay, cool. It, what it makes me think of is um, the difference between that pain that you're encountering and what I see my daughter do with CapCut. Mm. I that's another one I, I keep hearing about. Like how, yeah. So so CapCut, it's it's mobile. I don't know if they have a desktop, but um, and so we don't allow her to have TikTok. Yeah. Not yet. So her way around that was, I just need this cap cut. It's just like for making videos and editing. And of course it has a feed. So it's like TikTok light. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she got us on that one, but she likes to do the type of format videos that, you know, these kids like to do, they do get ready with me. Right. Uh, you know, she's of that age where she's like close with friends. So now they are like doing FaceTime when they're doing like their nighttime skin routine. Okay. Like uh, okay. That. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes she'll do a video on her own and she uses CapCut and what she does, no one taught her. I didn't teach her anything. Maybe she has some mm -hmm. friends or something, but it's very intuitive enough. And then she'll show me the video that she made about like us arriving at the hotel in Hawaii or something like, you know, they're mm -hmm. like, they like understand this language. It's, it's incredible. Our incredible. kids, man, my, my, I got my, one daughter on, I introduced her to Canva, you know, the, the graphics yeah. and she loves it. And she goes in there and I mean, I barely use Canva, but she, she's like creating and, and Canva has all these like AI tools now. Like okay. she's not only creating graphics, like she, she creates like stories, like animated stories in there. Um, now they're both, both my daughters are not only playing Roblox, they're using Roblox studio to create Roblox games and they publish stuff in, in Roblox world. Okay. Um, it's, it's just incredible. And, and a lot of it is like story-based, like they're, they're creating like mini movies, mini like comic strips kind of, kind of stuff. Um, it's just incredible, man. And like, and, and like just the other, literally the other day, my seven-year-old showed me like little shortcuts on the iPad that I never knew existed. <laughs> like on the keyboard, like, I don't know, like you hold a button and then you get to the number and it's like, wait, what? I've been using this since iPads came out before you were born and you're showing me shortcuts? Like these kids, man. I yeah, it's, it's cool. So I, I, if I were you, I would look at CapCut. Uh, I also can't help but think um, the pain you're encountering. I think that's the first uh, like idea for a business that you're encountering as you are becoming a creator. What, like video editing stuff? Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean- I I've heard it in the e-commerce context in terms of like creators who uh, are on TikTok and want to do stuff. Uh, yeah. Oh, there's creators. definitely a huge business for someone to do in terms of like, uh, yeah, offering video editing services. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I look at it much more as like a means to an end and, and the content that I'm putting out is more in um, uh, software development and software product strategy. And I have thought through like, what would it look like to build out like a software dev shop as a, as a mini agency model that's like interesting, um, but that's not gonna happen. Um, or I'm not intending that to happen. Um, I don't know. There, there's all sorts of random shiny object ideas that, that come about, but <laughs> like, I, I'll, I'll just say like the, the idea is like software development services for creators who have large audiences and they want to sell software of their own, but they don't have the, so the product development muscle. Mm -hmm. um, that's an interesting like a little play. partnership model. Yes. Yeah. Like, like they're, they bring distribution to the table. Yep. Because yeah. they have that advantage and they, yeah. So that 
they're through through my through this consulting work and through getting into the YouTube stuff like that. I, I actually have had some discussions with with people in that realm, like, um, and and that sort of opened my eyes to a to some opportunity in, in that sort of service lane. But I don't I don't know if or when that might come about. I, I think you're going to come across more and more the, the the deeper you go. Yeah. I, on the other hand, will be selling shit to e-commerce merchants. There you go. For a while. There you go. <laughs> Um, Friday, yeah, yeah man. I'm uh, gonna try I've, again. Like I have so much shit that I that I hoped that I would have done and shipped by now, but the reality is the weekend is here, and I'm get, getting on a flight on Sunday to go to Big Snow, and uh, that's that. Some stuff is just gonna have to wait. In that stuff, in that situation, I like to map out one or two things and say, I just want to get these done by the time I leave. Yeah. And then usually that gives me enough motivation to at night while we're watching TV in bed. I'm like, this only takes half an hour. And then I, and then I get it done and I go to sleep feeling good. But that's that's it. Yeah, my thing is like I've got two unedited YouTube videos and that's that's uh, not a half an hour at night thing. That's okay. a that's I need I need a full day. And True. and I don't have another full day. So, yeah. True. All right, man. All right. Happy weekend. Talk to you soon. I will not be around next week. I'm in Vienna. Oh, my brother is my dad. A boys trip to Austria. Hell yeah. Damn, dude. Fishy schnitzel and cake. That's that's the whole. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. All right, dude. Be good. There, folks.